When Andre was seven years old, he whizzed through the application exam for one of the most competitive schools in the region. But Andre wasn't the typical Potomac student. It's a, um, the, not the type of people, but the type of living that the people have to go there. Like, you have to have some money to go there. You have to know somebody, you have to have some money. And that's a, a completely different environment from where I was raised and where I lived. Every morning, Andre's bus would whisk him from his southeast D.C. neighborhood to the wealthy McLean Enclave, where he transformed his mindset, outwardly and inwardly, to live and learn a vastly different life. Each morning, he boarded a school bus and gazed out the window as the familiar urban landscape of his friends and neighbors melted into the minty, evergreen shadows of northern Virginia. But in the blurry, in-between world, he caught a glimpse of the places his mother forbade him from going. He wondered what his friends were doing while he was living in this alternate universe from 9 to 5. Was he missing out? He was intrigued. Andre's mother tried to shelter him from what she knew were impossible temptations, but he describes himself as an inquisitive kid, and like all kids, Andre wanted to fit in. He got snagged on the allure of places he wasn't allowed to go. When he was old enough to take the bus alone, he began to explore. But then I started stopping around the neighborhood, hanging out, smoking. It was really me being inquisitive and just liking it because I never had it. And then I just got deeper and deeper into it. And then I just, I just, I just fell all the way into it. It's things that my mom said that I could or couldn't do. But once I got accustomed to the things that I like to do, I, I found a way around it. Andre made it through 11th grade before he dropped out entirely. He sank further and further into the hazy landscape of boundless freedom. As he drifted, numb and careless, through life without the weighty burden of responsibility, he noticed a paradoxical inner heaviness, depression. Andre's mom tried to help out when she could, but she wouldn't have him in the house using drugs, not working, not fulfilling all that potential she knew he possessed. She was a strong woman who'd done the best by him, and she would not enable his failure. It was just to the point where it's either you do what I say that's going to benefit you or you have to leave. For seven years straight, Andre shuffled in and out of jail. During that time, I used to get high. Like, most of the time, I would stay up all night until... The train started running at like 5 a.m. And then I would sleep on the trains back and forth, like from line to line, until I got enough rest to just go about my day. Our society puts a lot of faith in education. We think the right books and the right friends and the right opportunities can help any kid out of a jam or a broken home or even structural racism and socioeconomic struggles. But what Andre taught me is this. It comes down to oneself. Sure, a whole lot of support comes into play, but it has to be the right support, united with a willing and incredibly self-motivated individual. When Andre was 18, something changed that made him realize the impact of his actions on others. For the first time, someone depended on his commitment. I had a daughter at 18, and um, I didn't know she was mine. But I just didn't, I was just new to being a parent, but I was, I was still getting locked up. I was still, I was still going through a lot of hardships in life. Even as Andre grew more aware of his new role as a father, he still spent many of his days listlessly strung out, the silver train sweeping him through urban no-man's land as he brushed his responsibilities under the tracks. 
Often, Andre would surface at the Sasha Bruce Youth Network, which provides shelter and counseling to end youth homelessness. And uh, I got on like the housing list there, and uh, I used to go there to eat when I didn't have any food. I could take a shower there, wash the clothes there, catch some Z's, and get back to get back to life. I guess. Andre grew ever more determined to be there for his daughter. Three years ago, he finished probation, found steady work, and, as he put it, adhered to his responsibilities. But even when he was back on his feet, Andre kept coming back to Sasha Bruce because of their music studio. Andre rekindled his childhood love for singing, which he had pursued at Potomac School. I always sang. I sang in Potomac. I did chorus in Potomac. I tried out for Max 7. I did a lot of singing when I was growing up. But it's just, it's like an art to me. It's, it's how I can express my feelings without, I mean, it's just, yeah, it just let, let off some steam. As a young adult, music became his form of healing, his way of holding himself accountable and staying true to the young daughter who sparked his revolution. Andre's music video, Smile Like Me, won a contest hosted by one of DC's most prominent commercial hip-hop stations. The video is a sun-soaked tour through Southeast DC, guided by Andre's buoyant, self-assured voice and luminous smile. When I knew my daughter was my child, I committed. Reality kicked in, I changed the way I was living. You're stepping to the best. Sheets of light flutter between scenes of Andre sweeping his young daughter into the air and matching her goofy grin. She kind of helped me turn it around, so that's why I definitely had her in the video. Um, the other parts um, maintain a positive outlook, and that's why the song is called Smile Like Me, because I didn't lose myself through all of that. So how does music help you cope with these different hardships that you went through? It's literally like therapy. It's a way to forever share my story, because it, it literally, with technology nowadays, nothing can never really get deleted, so my song can always be found, always be played, even when I pass away one day. Who are you hoping that um, your song will help? What kinds of kids or youth do you hope it'll reach? I hope it, I ho I hope it becomes universal. I hope it'll reach kids going through homelessness or going through struggles or just going through hard times in life and know that they're able to smile, and I hope people who think they have it all together know that some people have been through way worse than where they are and can still have the same attitude as them. They're just not in the same position, but can still be smiling because the person smiling next to you could be a homeless person, but they just know how to manage or cope with their emotions. So there's been times I've been in environments and situations nobody knew I was homeless. And I, I didn't walk around telling people I was homeless because I wasn't out begging for change and, and not taking anything away from the people who do do that. I, I just... And my pride, I couldn't, so I found other ways. That's, that's how I ended up getting locked up sometimes. But just, just reaching everybody, just, just knowing everybody has a story. What advice do you have for youth experiencing homelessness? I have, I, I got about three things. The first thing I would say is just listen to your parents because that could be life-saving and life-changing. Just even if you're in a situation of homelessness, just... Like, don't run from those programs. Don't feel weak because you're in a program. It's like, that can really be the deciding factor. If you're a 20-year-old homeless man or woman and into a 67-year-old homeless woman strung out on drugs just because you want to be hard-headed and you want to do it your way, 
help is there for a reason. So take all the help you can get. And then the last thing I would say is, if you get a job, hang on to it. Just breathe and just know it's not the end of the world, but things can be done to get you out of that situation. What are you looking forward to in the future? I'm getting connected with a lot of people with uh, soca music. It's like Caribbean music, so like Afro beats and stuff like that. Cool. Uh, which is cool. So I'm really trying to go uh, international as opposed to local or just USA. Andre's story isn't perfect. It started out promising, but the cacophony of the world around him drowned out many of the opportunities offered to this young man early in life. For years, Andre drifted through the choppy underworld, swirling outside the boundaries of the privileged bubble he was supposed to thrive in. Rather than feeling empowered by the promising opportunities offered to him, Andre felt aimless. Retrospectively, he vows that there is not much more Potomac School could have done other than perhaps to acknowledge his background and struggles more sensitively. Honestly, I feel like Potomac did a great job of what they're supposed to do, which is teach. What they could have been a little, little bit more uh, aware of is just the background of certain students or just offering help or maybe even comfort to those who really come from different environments. It occurred to me that no one at the time had asked Andre what he really needed. Despite his impressive reconciliation with his tumultuous journey, the fact remains that Andre was still a child when he dropped out of school, lost his home, and became a father. I find myself wondering, even though Andre maintains that his circumstances were solely a product of his own choices, was there really nothing else the community could have done to help this troubled teenage boy? Though Andre and I didn't get into the specifics of his addiction recovery, treatment programs like AA are known for their emphasis on complete personal accountability. But in cases like Andre's, it doesn't seem fair to overlook the countless intersecting systems of inequality and marginalization that may have catalyzed or at least influenced his struggles. What is the role of society in seeing to the success of those who need a boost? As a gifted elementary schooler, Andre was plucked from his southeast D.C. neighborhood and plunked into an affluent suburban community. But maybe it wasn't enough to drop off Andre at the front stoop of all this opportunity and expect him to thrive. Maybe the community needed to take it a step further to help Andre transition, fit in, and start on a level playing field with his classmates. Maybe someone could have helped him bridge the gap between his two worlds and guide him through each one. Whatever the responsibility of society may be to prevent vulnerable students from falling through the cracks, Andre managed to pull himself out regardless. He stayed clean and employed for years and continues to make music and support his daughter. Andre found a refrain thrumming deep within. Keep on trying. Help is there for a reason. You will find a way out. That enabled him to regain his footing. Ultimately, though, it was the steady pulse of commitment towards his daughter that drove Andre to build bridges over the structural gaps he navigated as a young person. Andre's music name is Truly Him, and it fits him perfectly. Truly, because he stayed true to himself, and Him stands for Heaven and Madness, because Andre found his own divine, eternal home in music, one that transcended the world's falling away around him. 
He hopes his songs serve as an oasis of hope for other kids like him. When the ruckus of life drowns out our inner beat and it feels like we don't belong, music is a temporary home, a place to ourselves under its sturdy roof. Thanks for listening to the Potomac Pod. Smile like me, smile like me.